Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the Watt. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. your impressions of them in secondary Yeah, I mean, they're solid, you know. They do what they do, and they do it really well. Um, you know, they're very consistent in that, and they got good players all around. So, um, you know, especially in that secondary that are creating turnovers, and, you know, the front four, really front seven, um, are doing a really good job rushing the passer. Um, so, again, we just got to communicate up front and, and be on our P's and Q's in terms of guys being in the right spot, you know, on the routes. Well, it's going to be really important. Um, and they've got great backs. They've got a really good offensive line. They have a good scheme. Um, they challenge you with motions and all sorts of uh, things that make you change your strength. You know, as a quarters team, you know, you're having to push things. You're having to, you know, spin safeties, all this different stuff. So it'll be a challenge. And they're, they're going to continue to run the football. You know, they, they run it on first down. Uh, they have they, they run it on second down to be in third manageable. They love to stay ahead of the chains. They like to try to win the physical battle. Well, I don't think there's been some issues. It, when there's been issues, Jerron, it's been because we've we've had a misassignment here or there. Uh, we, we've had some guys that basically have been working together. And, uh, you know, sometimes the, the team you're playing has something to do with that, you know. What do you think about the run game that needs to improve for you guys to get better at it? I think just accountability, me included. You know, when I see a hole running through it, uh, doing everything I can for that, helping out the – uh, offensive line, setting up blocks, especially on the second level when a linebacker is just sitting there seeing what I'm going to do. And I think just uh, everyone uh, relying more on each other, accountability, that thing. Some of the various faces and voices that will be involved in tonight's game as week three commences of the 2021 season. The Carolina Panthers and the Houston Texans, our job, if we choose to accept it over the next two hours, is to get you interested in watching that game. It could be a challenge, although it shouldn't be. Why? It shouldn't be. Number one. That's right. I, I'm, 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 being, I'm being playful. Okay. It's football. It's on TV. It's still September. 
they give us anything in September. Right. And we would like it. And most of the primetime games have ended up being fun to watch. And this gives us a chance, probably our only chance, to get a close look at the Texans all year long. Yeah. Because it's not like they're booked for a bunch of primetime games. Unless they play incredibly well and get flexed into Sunday night later in the season. And the Texans have been a pleasant surprise. Not nearly as dysfunctional as... They had seemed to be a lot of veteran players getting it done. Could be 2-0, and but for the Tyrod Taylor injury. The thing that takes some of the shine off of this one, obviously, Chris, the fact that it's Davis Mills, third-round pick out of Stanford, getting his first NFL start, increasing the degree of difficulty for the home team. Yeah, no, no, 100%. But, I mean, you said it right. The Texans are one of the pleasant surprises of football, hands down. I mean, you know, kind of dominated Jacksonville week one. I mean, they were going toe-to-toe in a battle, like you said, against Cleveland last week. I'd love to have seen what would have happened if Tyrod Taylor was out there because, you know, Davis Mills, you know, he did some good things towards the end of the game, but also, you know, when he first got in was an issue. You know, he threw a, he threw a bad interception. It was a little sloppy, right? Here the game was still in the balance. This is where, you know, they lost a little control. He just lost control of the football here. It wasn't a bad read. So the Texans have you know, a fighting chance tonight for sure. For all the reasons you heard like Matt Rule talk about, you know, they got a, a ton of professionals on both sides of the ball. We talked about this a little earlier in the week. You know, the one thing you look at their team, you might not go, man, there's there's no superstars. Okay, whoop de doo You know, there's a lot of B-plus players, like real good players that have been around the NFL, know how to execute you know, a game plan, know what it takes to win a game, know the details of all that. And that goes to the coaching staff as well. And then flip side, Mike, I mean, Carolina, this is a great opportunity for everybody to get to know a team that's an up-and-coming, rising team in the NFL, in my opinion, with a lot of young superstar-type talent guys. And I think they're going to be hanging around here for the next few years. So that's where tonight is cool. The Panthers definitely on the rise in a time when we're so focused on whether or not Urban Meyer is going to be the next Jimmy Johnson. There's a chance Matt Rule is becoming that yes, in right. Carolina. Right. So we should pay close attention to what they are doing. And back to the Texans, one and yeah. one in the AFC. We talked about it yesterday. There's only two unbeaten teams in the AFC, and we never would have dreamed the last two undefeated standing would be the Raiders and the Broncos. All those great teams that I had pegged going into the season are 1-1 one one or 0-2 oh in the AFC. So the Texans right there in the thick of things, tied for first place in the AFC South with 15 games left. And uh, we get a chance to watch them tonight. We get a yeah. chance to see what they can do. And maybe we get a game like we got last Thursday night, although hopefully there won't be a phantom offside penalty that ultimately decides it what are your expectations for davis mills now that he's had the benefit of a week even though it was a short week of practice to get ready for his first nfl start you know i i won't be shocked if the texans hang in there and this game's competitive going into the fourth quarter the one thing about davis mills you know coming out in the pre-draft process it's not like Jaw dropping! Oh wow, this guy's uh, you know got a laser for an arm and an unbelievable athlete. But what he does have is like polish, and he knows how to play the position. You know, coming from Stanford, he was taught like a pro. He ran a pro offense, 
He knows how to stay in the pocket and go through reads and read defenses that way. So those are the strengths. And then it's not that he's a bad athlete. I'm not trying to say that either. I'm just saying I don't think he's the kind of guy that's going to turn the corner and run for 30 yards at any point tonight. But he's going to get five, eight yards if he needs to here and there. And then, you know, throwing the ball, like you heard me say earlier, you know, it, it, he can make all the throws on the field. He can. It's not like a rocket arm. I don't think we're going to see 70-yard bombs. But for this offense, you know, and that, I think that's really where I, this is the main thing to me. You know, you, you heard Matt Rule, the, the motions they've got and everything. They're, Tim Kelly, their, their new offensive coordinator there, very creative. Like, very impressed when I watch them on film through both weeks of the season so far. He really puts some guys in some great positions, knows how to tie plays together that way. And I would be shocked if he doesn't have a good game plan at least you know, for Davis Mills where he's comfortable. And, yeah, it's a short week, Mike, but those reps, even in walkthrough, really do matter. And being able to go like, wait, they're formulating something around me and I'm the guy and the coach is asking me the questions and I'm answering it, that'll go a long way to making him feel a whole lot more comfortable tonight. There was a real question as to which of the quarterbacks would be the first one taken after the five that we knew would right. be taken near the top. And obviously we got five out of the first 15 picks as quarterbacks. It went Kyle Trask, Kellen Mond, Davis Mills. There are some who thought Mills was the best of those three, and he's getting a chance to play long before we see Kyle Trask. I have a feeling we may never see Kyle Trask <laughs> in a Buccaneers uniform unless he's content to stay there for six or seven years behind Tom Brady. And Kellen Mond, who knows at this point where he is, he got the late start in training camp and it's not like Kirk Cousins is stumbling out of the gates and creating an opportunity for no, Mond to right. play. I'm not even sure Mond would be the number two right now to Cousins anyway. I haven't checked their depth chart, but he was struggling to get up to speed after missing time right. af after a COVID-19 positive and missing camp for 10 days. So Mills, here we go. And he's getting his start before yeah. Trey Lance and technically before Justin Fields. Yeah, no, exactly right. Yeah, well, and, and you know, he he's... He's gonna, you know, he's he's a guy that's gonna take advantage of the system and what Tim Kelly sets up for him. You know, they got a pretty good offensive line. You know, it, it is. It's pretty good. It's not like the best, but it's good. You know, they're gonna protect him enough there. And then you know, you go through the players on the team, and you go, okay, yeah, there's no superstar like we talked about, but you get into you know Mark Ingram and and Philip Lindsay at running back who's made a few plays the first two weeks and you go okay that's not bad there and then you go Brandon Cooks and Chris Conley at wide receiver with Andre Roberts there and other people so you go well yeah not superstars but man those, those two are really good you know so you go through their team and you look at it and you go there's a lot to like there let alone they got a bunch of coaches on both sides of the staff who you know know what it takes to win in the NFL and I think that's where I give them a fighting chance. They are going to make you earn the win. That's what I've seen, I think, from the Texans more than anything. They, they, you know, I know Davis Mills had his blunder there when he came in, but for the most part, their defense is not going to give up a whole lot of big plays. They're going to make you earn it that way. And the offense has shown that they're capable of executing and putting drives together, and I think that's where it'll be a pain in the butt, even though they're, they're playing a team that's more talented than they are in Carolina. They also have David Johnson. We saw him. Yeah, him too. Damn, sorry, David. Running with it. So Damn, right. th there are a lot of guys on the team who have recognizable names and yeah. were never high-end superstars, although David Johnson was very close to it early in his right. career. But Nick Casario's done a very nice job very. of gathering veterans 
bringing them in. The coaching staff has done a good job of getting them up to speed quickly, and they really have washed away this idea that the Texans are hopelessly dysfunctional. And that's a narrative that got plenty of momentum from Jack Easterby, who, to the team's credit, has basically been nudged out of sight and out of mind as the team goes forward. And the Deshaun Watson thing. It's hard to manage a football team and to operate in a way that is regarded as successful with the Deshaun Watson cloud hovering over them. But they've managed that situation well, too. It wasn't that long ago Jay Glazer reported they basically have have found a way to keep him away from the team so the team can focus on their business, and they're not distracted by Deshaun Watson. Others are. They're not. And here they are at 1-1. One and one. They beat the Jaguars. They gave the Browns all they could handle. They covered the spread, which I'm very glad they did because <laughs> I thought they would. But but they, they could have won the game. Yeah. They could have won the game. Hey, and, they were uh, kicking a field goal late there, right around the two-minute warning, right, to cut the game to seven. And then it was a chip shot. It was like the Vikings field goal that, the, that your team missed there at the end of the game. I mean, it, it was that makeable. It was one where you go, well, they should make this, and we're going to get an onside kick. And if they recover, they're going to have the ball at midfield and have a chance to maybe score a touchdown against Cleveland. So even with Davis Mills there and some of the blunders and just sloppiness earlier for him getting used to playing a little bit, you know, there they were still hanging in there with the Cleveland Browns. And, and I think that's, you know, yeah, Mike, I'm not going to lie. After watching two games of them on film, like – I just go, man, I wonder what they would look like with Deshaun Watson. It has crossed my oh. mind a few times to go, well, damn, the Texans might have been a little bit more of a player than I wanted to give them credit for, and I do. That's where we got to – Nick Casario deserves a lot of credit for the roster he's built there in a very short time. And this gets me back to my mindset if I were a Texans fan. And a lot of times I feel like we are advocating – on behalf of the fans of a given team as right. to what's wrong and what needs to be fixed. I'd be so upset that we are at this point where we have one of the best players in the NFL and for whatever reason, because of whatever circumstances have played out in the past, we can't use him. He's still here. We still pay him. We can't use him. He doesn't want to play for us. We don't want him playing for us. We're also concerned if we decide to put him on the field, he may be placed on paid leave because of the 22 civil complaints alleging sexual misconduct and 10 criminal complaints that are still being investigated. It's just a horrible circumstance. And I would just be mad at probably everybody. Yeah, right. But at some point, the organization has a hand in it getting to this point where we can't use one of the best players in football and... Just like we think they could have beaten the Browns if Tyrod Taylor hadn't gotten injured at halftime, right, Chris? They could be 2-0 and yeah. if they had Deshaun Watson out there. And we'd have a different feeling about tonight's game if Deshaun Watson was playing against the Carolina Panthers. No, no, no doubt. You know, I mean, I think, hey, it's a tough situation. You know, it, it really is. I, 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 don't, I don't have an answer. You know, to speak to a Texans fan, I, that's what I would tell them. Man, it's, it's tough. This is like... This is uncharted water, waters where they are right now as a, an organization. We've, we've never really seen anything like this. You know, I know I'm only 41 years old. You're, you know, a little older and have more years of following the league. But, man, there's nothing that I can remember that even compares to this situation. 
So it is tough. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're, you're, you're a self-styled football historian. It doesn't matter that well, I'm older than I'm you. I'm just saying maybe I don't remember some other crazy drama back in the and day. that just you know that you know. And you're not a historian. So do you have one for me, though? Is there anything like this? No. There's nothing like this, no. right? Okay, good. No, no, All right. Not just, like this. Yeah. Not like this where you've got one of the best players in the game. Right. You're paying him salary commensurate with the top players in the game, and you're not using him. Yeah, yeah. It's, and he's there. He's there. I know. He's part of the team. He's working out at the facility every day. He's just not going to play for you because you're sitting and waiting to get some gigantic haul of draft picks or players or both in return form. I don't remember a situation like this. No, no, me, me neither. And and uh, I mean, I, I think the the, the, the closest. Yeah. Let me give you the Go closest. Ahead. Right. Steve McNair, when the Titans mm-hmm. were going to trade him, and it didn't linger. Right. But. They they actually locked him out of the facility because they didn't want him to work out there and drop a dumbbell on his foot yeah. and be out for the year and owe him his salary. And he had like a $10 million cap number that year, which was gigantic back in 2006 It was. It was six for yeah. sure. And, and they froze him out and he filed a grievance and it was a big, ugly mess. And eventually they traded him to the Ravens. That's the only thing that's comparable, but that was more the team didn't want him. The team wanted to move on from him, but they didn't want to cut him, so they were waiting to trade him. This is a situation where neither side wants the other, and you throw in the off-field issue on top of it. I've never seen anything like no, this. No, no, yeah, and, and I mean, uh, you know, and and the at that time the Tennessee Titans had drafted right Vince Young, so they had him coming up the. Right. The rankings, right? It was the draft, I think, right before that that they got him. So, yeah, you're right, though. That's a good one. Good memory by you. You know, not bad for an old-timer like yourself to remember like that. Thanks. But, <laughs> but, Thanks, ass. But, <laughs> I know I am. But, you know, I, I guess, hey, the the, the thing with the, the, the Sean Watson thing that's still, you know, where I think everybody's got to at least put yourself in Nick Casario's shoes here and, and just the fact of it's not easy. It is weird, the whole situation. It's tough. You can't just go like, oh, we want to trade him just to get rid of him, and we'll trade him for, you know, maybe not what he's really worth because, like, okay, now he plays football next year, and you traded him away, and you were nice because you just wanted to get rid of it and not deal with the headache, and you gave it just – you just got a first-rounder and a second-rounder. And then Deshaun Watson goes somewhere and is a superstar and one of the best players in football. I mean, Nick Casario will get roasted by the Houston fans and the Houston media. I can't believe we gave that guy away for that. Oh, my gosh, that's unbelievable. So he's buying his time until where he knows, like we've talked about many times, so that value of Watson goes back to where it should be, and there's no trepidation from any team about what will happen you know, with the, the law system and court and all that crap that goes with it. And, and look, part of this, too, and I've heard this from a couple of different people, and this is the power of the connection back to Bill Belichick. Nick Casario does not want to do a trade for Deshaun Watson that Bill Belichick would kind of do that little, that little, make that face and right, kind of like, sneer oh, I can't out. Like, Casario I can't believe you did, did that. that. Right. Yeah. Especially, right. especially if he does a deal like that that sends Deshaun Watson <laughs> to Miami into the division. <laughs> yeah, right. 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 <laughs> hey, Nick, Nick, wait, how much are the Dolphins offering you? Right. Ask for more. <laughs> right. How much are they offering now? Ask for more. Yeah. Please ask for more. And uh, this is going to continue to hover. November 2 is when the window 
shuts. I guess windows shut more like that, although some some do that. Some some go horizontally. Either way, the window shuts November 2. No trade until the first day of the league year in March if they don't get it done by then. And as of right now, there is no clear indication it's going to happen. Let's pivot to some other things. Before we do that, though, let me say good morning to everyone out there. I got a lot of feedback yesterday. I made the mistake yeah, you once opened, again. You opened Pandora's box, didn't you? She's in Pandora there. Pandora was in there, too. Yeah. <laughs> She's in there, and not anymore. She's everywhere. She's in my email box. I, I, I spent... I mean, literally, it wasn't quite like Bruce Almighty when he's answering emails as God. <laughs> right. Uh, That's a great but, scene. But I had so many freaking emails yesterday, and they're still coming in. And I'm trying to respond to every one of them, and they're still coming in. So I'm not mentioning my email address again for a while. But I will say that folks like the fact that we press pause and say hello to our Friends in the UK and Ireland, they particularly appreciate it. The folks who watch on Peacock appreciate it. The folks who watch on NBCSN appreciate it. The folks who listen on SiriusXM. And I got chastised for not saying hello to the people who listen on podcast. Oh, so hello to right. you too. Right? Are we on? We're on SiriusXM. I don't, I'm not. I'm not even lying. I didn't even yeah. know that. We're on SiriusXM. Yeah, get with XM? the program. I, well, yeah, yeah. You know me. I'm just here to talk football. But we're not on. We're not on terrestrial radio, as far as I know, which is good, so we don't have to worry about getting fined $50,000 if you jump over the line with both feet with your language. <laughs> good. You okay. Tend to do. Okay. Yeah. Well. I, I, did, I did your thing last night where I spelled out the SH-T word. I spelled it out completely <laughs> so much like better a moron, that way. <laughs> like you did. Like, what's the point of spelling it out? Uh, I don't it's know. It's not like we're talking in front of the dog. So, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you do that with your dogs where there's certain trigger words that they have, so you have to spell them out? No, no, I don't spell them out, but you're right. There are certain trigger words or tones of voices that you got to watch out. Or like, you know, my German Shepherd will get all ready and want to go. Is somebody outside? Is there something there? You know, you got you definitely got to watch that a little bit for sure. The big one for Macy now is out front because she loves to go out in front of the house oh. and run around and do her business and bark at the dogs down the hill and right. go smell where the deer have been or, yeah, yeah. you know, right. whatever else may be going on. We got a dog next door that comes over and poops right on the asphalt. There's grass everywhere. Why does a dog poop on asphalt when there's grass everywhere else? I hear but you. But this one sliver of asphalt. I thought they were very particular. Boy, this is really taking a turn. Uh, Enjoy yeah, your you sausages it. this morning. <laughs> but why do they do that? I don't know. I don't get it. I've seen Can my dog do it too. Can someone explain it to me? I don't, I've seen it too. I don't know. Maybe the owner <laughs> set a bad example. Maybe you don't go in the right places either. I don't know. No, no, no. no. Well, that's a different story. But it's not Macy. It's the dog next door that kind of trickles over. It's like, hey, go ahead. If you're going to do it, do it in the grass. I don't walk in the grass. I walk on the asphalt. Right. Anyway, uh, you say out front, and she goes nuts. She's beside herself. She can't contain herself <laughs> until she gets to go out front. And uh, that's uh, anyway. Yeah. Uh, good morning, that's to all everyone right. out there. That's a good and story. I like. Stop it. sending. Stop sending me emails. <laughs> stop sending me emails. I can't. I I was not as productive yesterday as I needed to be because I I said hey I and I still have a bunch of them to respond. It's your to. fault. You're the one that said you weren't going to do it and then said your damn email again. So what was it at Mike Florio uh, at Pro Football Talk? Mike Florio. I can't remember. I'll try to say it before you, the end. No, of the show it's not. Is. No, no, it's not. That's not it. That's not it. <laughs>
I, I should give them yours because I know what yours is. Yes. At Gmail, yeah. I know what it is, and, <laughs> I, and so if you say mine, okay, you're I'm right. saying yours. Deal. Not that I it won't matters. Say it. You probably don't even. You probably don't even go there. No, I get. You probably forgot your password. <laughs> I don't look much. I don't. I I miss some things every now and then from like people in in NBC. They'll send me emails. And I'll be like, oh, my gosh, I, they sent this four days ago. Oh, my gosh. And I'll feel so bad. And then I text them to be like, hey, listen, don't email me if you really need me. You got to text me. I'm not an email person. I don't check like on a regular basis. So you're right. I won't. And it, if people start sending me emails and you gave it out, they're going right to the trash. Sorry, I'm just not as nice as you. I'm going to send it right to the trash. One last thing, too. Okay. I, I know we have we have to move on. Courtney's reminded me that we have the field sound next, which is her very diplomatic way of saying, saying shut up along, please. I just want to say this about the taunting rule. I am astounded by the number of people who fail or refuse to understand what it is and what it isn't and just hop on that toxic social media train and parrot the least common denominator BS, refuse to understand it, refuse to accept it, refuse to acknowledge that coach after coach, Super Bowl winning coaches, coach of the year winners, guys are coming out and explaining it, that that they don't want this. And the difference is very simple. Don't do the in-your-face stuff. We don't like it when people are jerks. Why do we want to be watching a game where people treat each other like crap. There's a certain politician out there that we don't like the fact how he treats other people. Why do we want football players to treat each other the way that that guy treats people? I don't get it, Chris. Well, a lot of I don't people, get it. A lot of people like that guy. So the, that's maybe what they I know, like, but the so. but a lot of the people who don't have no problem yeah. with professional athletes disrespecting each other openly. No problem with it. It's ruining the game. Shut up. All right. I'm done. Okay. Let's move on. We have Justin Fields sound, by the way. <laughs> Says Courtney. Courtney told me that about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> Here's Justin Fields on getting his first career start on Sunday back in Ohio against the Cleveland Browns. I think I had a good idea that I was, you know, might possibly start. So I wasn't really surprised by it, but, um, you know, just just uh, just kind of focused and, you know, uh, just trying to get prepared for Sunday. How ready are you? for this stage and this opportunity? I think I'm ready. You know, um, you know. of course, uh, I've been preparing for this moment a long time, so uh, my mindset doesn't change. I'm still going to, you know, uh, play play like football and just prepare um, the best I can, like I said before, and just, you know, uh, get a lot of practice reps in and just uh, study, 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 and, you know, just, just get more comfortable and more confident with the plays and, and stuff like that. And stuff like and that. Stuff- Boom! I like, and all those I sorts like of things. <laughs> hey, hey, look, they, they they traded up from twenty to eleven for a reason, and I know that they've tried to keep them in bubble wrap. Whatever the reasoning is, whatever the explanation is, and I've tried my best to give the Bears the benefit of the doubt to explain it, to understand it. Doesn't matter now because Andy Dalton's out, yeah, and Justin Fields is in, right? And fortunately, they didn't try the. Well, you know, we have Nick Foles. We want to continue to protect Justin Fields. So Fields gets the start. The Browns, I think, are vulnerable. They were vulnerable against the Texans. They're vulnerable against the Bears. Right. 
And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see and anxious to see what Fields can do when he's had the benefit of the whole week as the guy. He's not running the scout team this week. He's running the main offense, and he'll be ready to go, just like Davis Mills, but with three extra days. Yeah, and, and the advantage of, wait, I have like the ability to run like an elite running back in the NFL, and we can design plays around that, and that can stress the defense out in a big-time way. So that's where he's got another great advantage, and that's to me, again, we've seen how you know inept the Bears' offense can be, and that's where I've been you know, pounding the table about the Justin Fields thing because I just think he can, can bring an element that they desperately need if they want to win football games. Yeah, you might have to take your lumps here and there, but man, look at this right here. I mean, that guy made that look easy right there. I mean, it's easy. I mean, that's Leonard Floyd and Darius Williams and a bunch of good players on that Rams team, and he turned the corner and caught up field like it was nothing. Now, he's got some work to do throwing the ball in the pocket, but still, it's been good. It's smoother than it was in college. You know, I, I'm really rooting for the guy. I really am. I know people think I don't like him because I didn't make him like my top quarterback in my rankings. I, I know from too many people through the draft process what an awesome dude the guy is, and I love the way he's handled himself. And I think, like, like you said, like this quietly is not a bad game to start him in. Cleveland's defense is not the 85 Bears. Sorry, they're not. And, you know, with his element of being able to run the ball – and then what Cleveland has shown is they can't stop the pass games the first two weeks of the year. You know, that could lead to him moving the ball and having success. So that's where I'm excited for it and excited for Justin Fields. Why is it that so many people just assume that if you have an honest assessment I know, of someone's ability it and it's not glowing that you hate them? I know. You hate them. I know. I, no, I, people no. say that to me we're, all the time. We're, we're just trying to help you Talking understand. football, yeah. What we like, what we don't like, where the improvements are necessary. There aren't many. I, you know, like most of the guys we've met, most of the guys we've interacted with, they're, they're good people. A hundred percent. And we understand. You particularly understand how hard it is to play in the NFL. I, 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 it's just That doesn't mean that you dislike somebody that you think maybe is being overrated by others or has some flaws that need to be worked out of his game or, or just isn't good enough. You know? There's only so many spots available in the NFL. And if you're not good enough, you don't keep that spot and somebody else does. And there's always more guys out there clamoring to get your spot. And maybe those guys are better. So that's the way it works. It's a meritocracy. Yeah. Uh, and one of the keys is staying healthy. And one of the guys who can't stay healthy is Carson Wentz. Mm. We talked earlier this week about how, hey, you let Aaron Donald drag you down, there's a chance you're going to get a sprained ankle. Or as the case may be, two sprained ankles. Here's Carson Wentz talking about his sprained ankles, both on the left and the right side. Still sore. Um, still sore, both of them, and working through it. Um, honestly, a lot of unknown. See how my body responds and doing everything we can. Uh, each day's shoot each couple hours it's gotten better so uh we'll, we'll kind of see how it continues to progress and listen to the doctors listen to uh my body and see what see where we're at what are the last 48 hours kind of consisted of a lot of treatment throwing the, throwing the kitchen sink at it trying to trying to get it healthy and um so a lot of that and um still studying tape and, and trying to be mentally locked in but a lot of different types of treatments and I'm um, doing everything I can to, to get the, the swelling down and, and, you know, get it healed as quick as I can. You know, sprained ankles are, are kind of a strange thing. And I, 
earlier this week was going through a litany of my non-athletic injuries or amateur athletic injuries with Mike Golick. Sprained ankle I've had a few times. Yeah. And sometimes, Chris, it, it just heals in a couple of days. Sometimes it's just better in a couple of days. I stepped on a guy's foot playing basketball and t- twisted it up and right. could, couldn't walk the next morning. Two days later, I was fine. Yeah, yeah. So, it, and, and you know, it's one of these things where, and I think that's where Carson Wentz is right now. Let's just see where it goes. It's right. getting better every few hours. Sometimes it heals. Sometimes it takes more time. And uh, who knows? We got three more days before the Colts play the Titans three, in three Tennessee. Three more days. Three more days. I mean, this is where, like, you know, gosh, you wish you won one of those first two games to be one and one, and this wasn't such a desperate situation to where you're going, oh, my gosh, we could go 0-3 and, and really kind of lose track of the football or lose grasp of the football season, I guess is the better way to say it. I, I mean, you know, I don't know where that left ankle got hurt, you know, during the game, but – the, the right one and the play we specifically have talked about already, you know, during the week, the one when Aaron Donald is dragging him down, man, that looked bad. Like, to me, so bad to where went, I mean, look at his right as he gets flipped around here. Oh, I my I really gosh. don't want to. Oh, like, I, I just, yeah. I don't oh. know how it's not broken. That's yeah. almost a, an amazing feat in itself. But I would think that's going to be the one that's the issue, especially because it goes back to, like, you know, the Dak Prescott conversation a little bit early on at training camp. You know, just that's his back leg. That's the leg you really plant in the ground and drive off of to throw the football. And that's where it can affect you. So uh, I, I, I don't know, Mike. I don't know how you feel. I know I'm not a doctor, but I guess what I'm saying is I'd, I'd be shocked if he can play this week. I know he's one tough SOB and he's going to do everything he can. But, man, I, I just I, – I, I will be really surprised on, on Sunday if he's out there playing. There's a line between tough and stupid, and there's only so much they can do with treatment and tape it up, and, you know, you give up some of your mobility. Maybe it'd be good for him to give up some of his mobility. That Maybe true this is too. the time for him to learn how to just get rid of the ball or take a seat because he gets injured – when he tries to extend plays longer than he should. Definitely. You know how you avoid getting your ankle nearly broken by Aaron Donald? You don't let Aaron Donald take you to the ground. You get rid of the football before Aaron Donald is on top of you. That's why Tom Brady is still going strong yeah. at the age of 44. Uh, Tua Tonga-Vailoa, rib injury. Initially, the x-rays were negative. Apparently, additional testing Sunday into Monday and maybe into Tuesday resulted in a determination that it is not a an insignificant injury. Here's Brian Flores, coach of the Dolphins, from yesterday talking about Tua's status. You know, I said on Monday that we're going to uh, run some more tests. We ran those tests. Uh, Tua is – he'll be out this week. Um, he has fractured ribs. Um, so, obviously, he's in a lot of pain. Um, uh, so, he'll be out this week. Uh, Jacoby will start. Um, and we're just going to take it week to week. Really, you know, let's call it day to day and week to week. But he'll be out this week. Just kind of want to, you know, put that out there right now. Um, look, he—he he, this is a tough kid. He wants to play. He's actually trying to play, and we're just gonna, you know, uh, save him from himself a little bit on this. Big difference between day to day and week to week, and I'm not sure which label officially applies here. Week to week implies that. You know, it's going to be a little while. Day to day, he could be back any time. We know he's not going to be back on Sunday. And they didn't play the game of, you know, maybe he'll be good to right, go. Maybe right. he'll be ready. Right. And and the, the and I remember when Donovan McNabb had fractured ribs at one point. There is a concern 
that if the fracture's bad enough that if it gets hit again, the rib actually can become detached and cause internal damage. You know, the question is, is the rib sticky to the to the rest of the rib? Right. But un- unless the report was incorrect that the x-rays were negative, I don't know whether the team said that or whether it was a report from NFL media. I know NFL media said it. Uh, unless that was incorrect, I assume the fractures are more along the lines of too small for an x-ray to pick up but something that they picked up through their other testing, which would imply it's not a serious fracture. But still, if there's a fracture, if there's pain, if there's decreased mobility, you don't want to put the guy back out there and put him at risk of further injury and also put him back out there when, as we said with Carson Wentz, he's not as effective as he otherwise would be. No, right. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, it's a big game for them, too. They're one-on-one trying to rebound. They don't want to have to, like, manage the game to, like, our quarterback can't do this. Let's figure out a new way to run this play and do that. Because he can't do that. That's I mean, that's just tough living in the NFL to to have to like basically dumb down your your offensive game plan because a quarterback is playing through injury like that. I don't, you know, uh, I I, I it's, uh, yeah, it's he's a second year quarterback. You know, I, I don't expect them to be able to do that either. I don't know if they're good enough to be able to overcome that type of circumstance. And I think the other thing too is just like, you know, it, it's on his left side. He's a lefty. I think that's another thing that, you know, it, it makes it different than the quarterback who gets hit in the ribs in the non-throwing side of your body. But that left rib area with fractures, you know, I, I've never fractured the ribs, but I've certainly been beat up in that area and bruised. And, of course, when you throw, there's so much torque and bend through that area when you're throwing the ball to create that slingshot with your arm. That, I would imagine, has to be really painful and an issue to where it would affect just his throwing a slant route six or seven yards. You know, it's going to affect decision-making off of that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, it's one of those things where they'll reevaluate next week, but it, it sounds like it might be two weeks before he can really get going again. We'll, we'll see where it goes. Also, there's a strategic reason for the Dolphins not to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth about the severity of the situation, if it is week to week or maybe even month to month. And that is to the extent, and we don't know this yet, but there's no reason for them to be this candid with us if it is something that they think is going to put Tua on the shelf for a while. And it has caused Stephen Ross, the owner of the team, to begin agitating again for a Deshaun Watson trade. Sure, You don't want to go back to the Texans at a time of intense and urgent need because there's no way in hell they're going to reduce their price If anything, they may jack it up. They may want more. They may put a couple of thumbs on the scale on both elbows if they know that you are desperate now to do this deal. Because that hasn't gone away. Brian Flores has done a nice job of quieting it down. Yeah. The desire by the owner of the team, Stephen Ross, to get Deshaun Watson has not diminished. He's extremely pissed. Sorry, Bristol. And hello, Bristol. I got your email there, Dave. Hello to you and your boys in Bristol. Uh, But uh, Ross is not happy it got out that he really wants Deshaun Watson, but he really wants Deshaun Watson. And and if this is a multi-week injury, Chris, again, November 2 is when the window closes. You still can't rule out the possibility of the Dolphins doing the deal, especially if two is out and if Jacoby Brissett doesn't get it done yeah no I mean I I want it just you know we we know there's too much truth behind all of this we we both know that I know too many people in football that yeah have confirmed that 
So, uh, and, you know, to, to what you said, when the owner is backing it, there's always that possibility. I mean, yeah, it just it's just a matter of time when he says, do it, do it now. I don't care what you give. I mean, there, there's always that. But, but I, I mean, again, I don't know. I guess I don't feel like that's going to happen this year. Um, but I, I do feel for Tua, who, you know, of course, is just getting going here early in his career and to deal with this. And, hey, listen, this is one of the things I think people were concerned about with Tua when he came into the NFL. He's a smaller guy. He's one of the smallest quarterbacks in football. I mean, if not the smallest other than Kyler Murray. But Kyler Murray has three rockets up his butt like we've talked about, and that changes it. And that Tua does not have that. And, you know, even the way he got hit in that game, you know, A.J. Espinessa, hey, that was a, a violent hit. I'm certainly not. But he's not like a, the, the most giant man in the history of football coming around the edge either, you know. But Tua, I, I, you know, like we've seen is what, six foot and a half maybe, six one. It's not like incredibly thick or big that way either. Um, so we'll see where this goes, but man, that's, that's a tough injury on your throwing, you know, throwing shoulder, throwing side there to, to, to come back from right away. He, he's a thinner version of Russell Wilson. There that's you go. Ru- that's Ru- a good Russ way to has put the it. Thick, has the thickness to him. Right. That gives him that, that suit Some of broader armor. shoulders and yes, and definitely. Tua doesn't. No. Tua is slighter. Right. Tua is skinnier and uh, not as skinny as me, but he's skinnier. Yeah. Uh, w- one last point. If you're Steven Ross and you're doing the mental gymnastics as to what it's going to take to get Deshaun Watson and the Texans are saying we want three ones and two twos or three twos or whatever they want, I would say to Chris Greer and to Brian Flores, look at what we did with the three ones we had last year in Tua Tagovailoa, Austin Jackson, and Noah Igbenogany. Wouldn't you in a heartbeat Send those three guys 100%. plus other stuff to the Texans for Deshaun Watson. Yeah, yeah, no, that's in a, a heartbeat. That's a, it's a it's a really valid point by you, Mike. There, there's no there's no doubt. You know, I, I you know may, maybe because they missed on some of those. That's maybe why they're going, man. Maybe we need to go back to the drawing board and keep some of those draft picks. I, but you're you're right. I mean, well, as, but no, but you're right. Your point is right. I'm just throwing a other side of that. But if I if I'm the owner, but if yeah. I'm the owner of the team, I'm saying, guys, we have not demonstrated. An ability institutionally in recent years just to, to deliver right. on these high draft picks. Yeah. You know, to the extent that teams believe that those first round picks are worth their weight in gold, are the unused lottery ticket, and this is the mindset. Before you scratch the metallic paint off, you don't know what that card's gonna be. That card has real value. Half the time that card is gonna end up being nothing. But it's got the potential to be something. And if you can dangle cards that another team may be in a better position to turn into something than you can, because it's not just luck, it's not just arbitrary, your scouting methods, your ultimate decision making has something to do with it. You can pick the right guys, you can develop the right guys. If you can trade three guys that haven't worked out, or picks that became three guys that didn't work out, assuming that you know we're going to continue this trend, do it. Get the guy that you know is a high-end talent if you can do it. And, and again, that, that's the disconnect between the people who are the football lifers and the billionaires who are otherwise doing all sorts of things. They swoop in with a very pragmatic view. Our first-round picks from last year stink. Right. All due respect. They don't, I, mean, I don't want to say they stink, 
But what I want to say is you'd gladly give them up for Deshaun Watson yeah. plus other stuff. So right. let's just do it. Let's no. just do it yeah. and be done with it. There's questions let's about all this. of them. Yeah. There's questions about yeah. all. Questions all right. about Tua. Questions about Austin Jackson. And, you know, Igabong, uh, you say his last name. Igbenogany. 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 Yes. Igbenogany. He, he hasn't been what they would hope to to this point. So your point is real. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, that's where I think about, like, a team like the Rams and go, oh, maybe that's why they trade away some of their first-round yep. picks all the time because they just go, we know Jalen Ramsey's an awesome player we'll go get him and whatever you guys figure out what the hell you want to do with that first round pick and yeah there's something to be said about that the problem is you got to pay those guys that's too. the other problem so yeah. if you do it with too many if you do it with too many your salary cap becomes an issue and you don't have depth because you can't pay yes. veterans to come in as the backups when guys get injured but if you're just going to do it with one guy do it with the quarterback do it with Deshaun Watson. I'm telling you, I, I, I'm talking myself into it I'm talking myself into the idea that Stephen Ross should pick up the phone right now and call Cal McNair and say, what do you want? Let's get this done. Let's quit screwing around. It's hanging over you. It's hanging over me. Let's just be done with this and get it done. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, not that Stephen Ross is looking to me for any business advice or any advice of any kind whatsoever. Let's take a break. When we return, Tom Brady playing in Los Angeles for the first time in his career. And he quite likely will be without one of his weapons. We'll talk about that next year on this Thursday edition of PFT Live. Yeah, yeah. Kevin and, and AB both uh, are on the COVID list, and uh, we're. we're with AB, as far as we got plenty of good guys with better proven track records at that position, and you know Kevin would be missed as far as special teams, but we got some young guys ready to roll. Bruce Arians regarding Antonio Brown's presence on the COVID nineteen reserve list, he tested positive. He won't be back until he has negative tests, two of them at least twenty four hours apart. I worry about who else may end up testing positive. I haven't seen yet whether or not they're in enhanced protocols. They've had multiple positives. If you're in enhanced protocols, you get guys tested every day. There's a chance Tom Brady's going to test positive before Sunday. If you're not in enhanced protocols and assuming he was tested Monday, you have a group tested Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I would assume Brady's in the first group to give him maximum opportunity to get back in the event that he's positive. If he's already been tested this week, then... He's good. And, and, hey, it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, so it's Thursday. So he's good to go for this game. The question is, could he potentially be positive, Chris, next Monday? Right. Six days before the game in New England. That's the vague, gnawing worry that I think anyone who cares Man, about that, that game. Why'd you got to go there? Why yes. do you got to get all negative about it? Jeez, I was looking I'm not being negative. That. I'm being I know, realistic. I know you are. No, I'm, 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 I'm just putting it on the radar screen yeah. so people aren't stunned if it happens. Yeah, no, I, I know. I mean, that would be like, that would be a death blow. I mean, yes, I, I want to see that so badly. That's going to be awesome. But like, hey, yeah, you're always worried about that, especially in a state like Florida where we know it's, you know, still kind of running rampant through there. I, I, I think... You know, he said it right there. They're not going to miss Antonio Brown. I mean, are they going to miss him? Yes, he's a real good player. But is it going to, like, have to change their game plan? Or is Brady going to be like, oh, I can't throw to Scotty Miller, who also runs 4-3? No, he's not. And then they got this damn other kid, you know, Jalen Darden, who they drafted in, what was that, the fourth round? 
I mean, I loved him coming out of, uh, I think it was North Texas. Damn, I can't remember. I got so many damn football players and plays in my mind. But he, you know, so they're they're not like offensively challenged in any shape, way, or form with the talent they have there. And their O-line's damn good, too. Um, yeah, you'd love Antonio Brown to play that Rams defense, certainly, but they'll be fine. It's not going to change one thing about their attack or the way Brady plays. Don't they say it way, shape, or form? Maybe. You want rock, scissors, paper on me. Hey, um, by the way, by the way, I looked at the breakdown of the playing time the first two weeks and yeah. the targets and all of that. And all those sorts of things. Scotty Miller has zero targets. Uh, yeah, I was going to say. In two weeks. I don't see, remember zero. Him a lot. Right, right. Jalen Darden has been inactive both games. Tyler Johnson, who had the big catch yeah. in the postseason and was also the recipient of a key pass interference call in the Man, NFC Championship right. win over the Packers, he's hardly done anything. The tight ends, other than Gronk, haven't done much. So they've got. Between Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson, Jalen Darden, Cameron Brayton, O.J. Howard, they've got plenty of other guys to whom the football can be distributed. It has mainly been Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin with all the other guys there, but not getting much attention because there's only one football. And you're not going to see any video of any of those guys on the sideline jawing at Tom Brady or jawing at Byron Leftwich or jawing at anybody because... Uh, uh, Tom Brady is Tom Brady. So, right. okay, AB's out. We got plenty of great guys. Definitely. We bump them up and we go forward. Yeah, 100%. I don't think it's going to change anything for Leftwich or Arians and how they view the football game. And, yeah, they're not playing those young guys right now. They don't have to. They're paying a lot to the other guys. You know, so, yeah, let's get our money's worth out of them, continue to develop some of the younger guys, and – you know, maybe next year when we don't have an Antonio Brown or a Chris Godwin, that's when we bring them onto the scene and let them play a whole lot more. But, yeah, I mean, the, the Bucks are so talented, and that's what we've talked about a million times throughout the offseason and even into the season here where there's just incredible depth, and that goes back to Jason Light and uh, unbelievable team building that he did over the last four or five years. So assuming that Tom Brady is indeed good to go 10 days from now when the Buccaneers travel to face the Patriots, he returns to Foxborough, he faces the Patriots for the first time in his career. Assuming that all happens, there's no positive COVID test between now and then. It, it should be an interesting event. And Tom Brady Sr., who from time to time says things that yeah. Tom Jr. never fully embraces, but right. he never fully disavows either. <laughs> right. And there's always been this sense that Tom Sr. will say what Tom Jr. is thinking. Tom Sr. was on the Patriots Talk podcast with Tom Curran. Here's some of what Tom Brady Sr. had to say. As he prepares to come back to New England in a short period of time, what's your feeling? What's my, my feeling? My feeling is that Tommy um, uh, is extraordinarily appreciative of everything that's uh, that happened during his uh, New England career. And he's more than happy that, that he's moved on because it was pretty obvious that, that uh, the, the uh, Patriot regime felt that it was time for him to move on. And, and frankly, um, you know, it may well have been the perf perfect for Belichick to, to move on from. On the other hand, um, I think the Tampa Bay Bucks are pretty happy that 
the decision was made in Foxborough that they didn't want to afford him or didn't want to keep him uh, when his last contract came up. Do you find a measure of vindication for your kid? Damn Whether- right. Damn right. Belichick wanted him out the door, and last year he threw 56 touchdowns. I think that's a pretty good year. Do you think that Tom feels the same way? Damn right. Damn right. Let me just say this. He didn't throw 56 touchdown passes last year. That, that would be a record. record. He right, threw 40. Right. He threw 40, which <laughs> was pretty good, and another 10 in the postseason. So he had 50 for the full year, but not 56. Did not he get yet. some quarterback sneaks I, in there? Did he get six touchdown quarterback sneaks? Is maybe he's well, mean 56 total touchdowns? I, no. I, that's what I wondered. Okay. It makes me wonder whether or not Tom Jr. has said in the presence of Tom Sr. at one point, I'd really like to get to 56 and set the record. Maybe with 17 games, I can get to 56. Yeah, right. Uh, He's on pace to go 65, I think, right now or something like that. A lot of what Tom Sr. said, you know, that's been things that we've heard. The idea that it wasn't just Tom Brady wanting out. It was the Patriots and specifically Bill Belichick getting to the point where he was ready to move on, where he just assumed that the tank was dry or it was getting close to dry and I'm going to cut the cord a year too early instead of a year too late or maybe he thought he was doing it right on time or possibly a year too late based on how he played in 2019. So there's always been that lingering sense that this wasn't a one-way thing where Tom decided it was time to graduate to another team. Bill Belichick was at the point where where he, at some level, wanted to turn the page on Tom Brady. Yeah, well, I think so. You know, New England was in a, a weird spot where they kind of had to flip their team over. And I don't think they wanted to go like, hey, we're going to pay Brady $30 million a year in the process of doing that. You know, and yeah, he was coming into year 19 or 20, whatever the hell it is, a long time. So I don't like fault the Patriots. I don't think this was stupid. You know, I don't. I understand what they're doing. You know, yeah, Brady, he, he wanted a, a, a new lifeline of a team and build something here instead of like, oh, let me try to piece something together year by year, you know, and never really put a t- team together the way maybe he wanted to with Brady there. This is like the Brady wouldn't throw him for 40 touchdowns if he was in New England last year. I mean, again, that he's on a team that is perfectly set up for him to take advantage. He wouldn't be able to do that there right now. He wouldn't. They don't have that type of talent. So this was perfect for Brady. New England's rebuilding their team that way. And, yeah, it had come to the end. All these come to the end. I mean, Montana and Walsh were sick of each other at the end. Brady and, and uh, you know, um, Chuck Knoll, sick of each other. Magic Johnson and Pat you Riley. Bradshaw. Bra- yeah, did I say Brady? Sorry, Bradshaw. Bradshaw. Yeah, Bradshaw, Bradshaw and Chuck Knoll. I mean, you know what I'm trying to say here. So, yeah, it ran its course, and, and uh, you know, I, I don't fault the Patriots. And I'm sure Brady is glad to do this and kind of shove it up there, you know what, because, yeah, we know how New England is and Belichick, he – he probably didn't sing. We know he didn't sing a lot of praise on Brady, and he always pushed his buttons and 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 everything like that. So, yeah, uh, I understand both sides of where they they're at in this this whole conversation between Tampa and New England. 
Yeah, if one of the flaws of the Patriot way is you can't expect any human being to tolerate more than 20 years of it, that's not really a big problem. No. Because that's right. pretty much what it came down to. Right. 20 years was the lifetime limit for Tom Brady dealing with Bill Belichick, who withholds praise because now he'll praise you like crazy when you've retired, but he's one of these guys that yeah. withholds the praise during the career because he doesn't want you going soft on him. Right. That's, That's just the, the Parcells way. thing. Exactly. I don't. I'm a, I bet you Parcells never complimented my father in the you know 12 years he coached him. Never. You know. And then he retired and he he's lovey dovey with him all the time now. <laughs> I mean, all the time. Calls him every every year of Super Bowl Sunday and still tells him, "Oh my gosh, thank you for everything." I mean. Yeah, Parcells is that way. But, you know, when it comes to when you're playing, it's business. And we're not here to make you feel good and throw a ticker tape parade because you had one good game. You know, that's why they've been awesome for so long. He's always pushing forward, get better, get better. You know, you can be better. And that gets, you know, annoying for a player at some point. And then I think with, you know, lack of, like, big-time offensive talent there, like Brady's last year, we talked about this before. I mean – he wasn't stellar. We know that. He didn't they didn't win one game because it was like, oh my gosh, Tom Brady made so many amazing plays. Remember that year? They were ugly as hell on offense. The defense we were going, is this the 85 Bears? Are they gonna be one of the best defenses in all of football history through the first ten weeks? Yep. Right? Now he gets to a place where, hey, Tom, we can just block it up and we got studs everywhere. And you just, if you throw a strike, we'll get 20 yards. And he's capable of doing that. So he needs the right support system at this point of his career. And he definitely got that in Tampa. I will just say this, and there are all sorts of coaching styles, but the idea that positive reinforcement is in some way going to make someone complacent or cause them to go soft, there are certain people who respond far better definitely. to positive reinforcement than negative reinforcement. You actually draw more out of them if they perform well and they get some praise hey, they want more praise, so they're going to perform well again. They're, they're not content to just take one little moment of praise. They right. like the feeling. Right. So they keep coming back for sure. more, and they keep doing the things you want them to do. So I don't get this idea of the constant refusal to, to show the lovey-doveyness yeah. during the career. Show it during the career. You may end up getting a better player I, then you had anyway. We got to take a break. Okay, but damn. Go ahead. Wanna, go well, ahead. I, I, go I, ahead. I, no, go ahead. Okay. I just, you know, you, I, I would say I'm one of those players. I think Brady is probably one of those guys. Now, he could swipe it under the rug at the time because they were winning and everything was good and everybody else was giving him praise. So that probably balanced it out. But, like, I think, like, a guy like Brady, and, you know, again, I'm not trying to even compare myself, but even with me, like, Gruden would wear on me at times because I was so hard on myself as is. I mean, you see me. I mess up a segment sometimes, and I, I used to talk about it for 10 minutes after. You know, that, that's yes. the way I was, right? I was that way. I'd go home and take it home, and damn, I threw a pick in period three of the practice today. Holy crap. And then I'd go in there next day, and I still went mad at myself, and then Gruden would exemplify it even more. And I'd go, well, sh well I almost said a bad word. Yeah, whatever. I'd just go, oh, crap. Well, I was already feeling crappy, and now I feel triple crappy. Like, so there is a balance there, and I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, I think the only positive reinforcement you ever got from John Gruden was him saying, I'm positive you're a dumbass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was some moments. I'll tell you when we got it rolling in 2005 with the playoffs and everything going down the stretch of the season, 
you know, he couldn't complain a whole lot about how I was playing, but he started getting positive with me. And man, I'd throw balls in practice, and he'd go, "Oh man, I've never, I've never had a quarterback mix that throw right there." And I started going, "Well, damn, I'm the man. Let's go, Boo 84, Boo 84. <laughs> let's run another play." And it did help me that way. Uh, so th- there is a fine balance there to to what we're talking about. By the way, I'm actually during the breaks today reading and responding to some of the emails, and your your near miss on a swear word Ooh. requires me to read this one on the way to break. Okay. We've got week three buy or sell coming up, but here's the, the email. Enjoying the show as always, but it's especially good when Sims gets riled up as he did on the topic of guys waving their junk in other guys' faces. That was on the taunting rule yesterday. Partly, it's entertaining because there's a chance he'll go full potty mouth, but mostly because the angrier he gets, the more he looks like Boss Baby. Oh, Boss That's baby. a new one for me. I have a feeling that EJ is going to be getting to work. And we're going to see Boss it. Baby. Yeah. An NBC Universal property, by the way. We're going to see some Boss Baby before too long oh, on this program. Let's take a break. Week three, buy or sell next on PFT Live. I knew it was coming. Well, that was fast. There he is. There's Sims. (laughs) Uh, Sunday night Sims with the suit and tie on, sitting in his high chair. I like that. Boss Baby. You know, I'd say Boss Baby almost has your entire like from the neck up thing down pat you're right giant head yeah <laughs> look at the giant head the little uh, bit of a widow's peak yeah although boss baby's too young for male pattern baldness you definitely aren't and uh yeah there he is sunday night sims we need to just get we need to get the world's biggest high chair and put you in it oh, that would be hilarious look. my wife probably already feels that way she's like man he is boss baby he's always banging on the table like where's my dinner where's my food <laughs> all right well uh here's uh Mike Zimmer, the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, on the important question of whether Dalvin Cook, who did not practice on Wednesday due to an injury suffered in Sunday's loss to the Cardinals, will he play on this next Sunday against the Seahawks? Here's Zimmer. You have to be cautious with Dalvin, knowing how important he is long-term with that ankle. You know, at this stage, you know, it's time to get some wins. So, um, you know, Dalvin's a tough guy. If he can't play, then... You know, he, then there's a reason why he's not playing. But uh, <clears throat> you know, we're gonna. You know, he's he makes us go, and so you know, we're gonna continue to play him. Sounds like Dalvin Cook will be good to go on Sunday, uh, or uh, you know, he'll be out there, and maybe he won't be very effective. But he's not the kind of guy that's gonna shy away from it, earning that contract that he that he definitely deserve based on his first few years in the league the Vikings need him if they're going to have a shot so let's do buy or sell Chris buy or sell Vikings will get their first win of the season on Sunday against the Seahawks this is dangerously close to requiring us to play our hand prematurely right that's where I want to I want to throw challenges of this right I want to be coming like, later today right and this is one of those games that honestly I still don't know where I'm going to go all right so like you know I, Seahawks I don't know. are two point is it a two-point or a one-point? It's a very close one-and-a-half. Seahawks okay. are one-and-a-half-point 
underdogs. I wouldn't be. I mean, listen, I'm not going to be surprised if Minnesota wins this football game. I'm I'm not going to go buy or sell right now because I don't know, and I'm not tipping it for my podcast, the podcast with you and me yet. They're not. You're going to have to see. But like, there's certain things about the matchup to where I go, okay, yeah, the Colts ran the ball a little bit on Seattle. You know, and they were down early, so they couldn't even really be as patient as they wanted. We saw Derrick Henry run everywhere on them. And I would say to that is Minnesota's run-blocking offensive line is better than those two. It's better. And then Dalvin Cook is, to me, right up there at the top of the list with a, a, with a, a Derrick Henry as the best running back in football between the tackles. So I, I certainly think it's a real possibility for them to win this football game. And it's one of those that, yeah, I got down here where I haven't, I haven't wrote down what I'm going to do yet because I think this is kind of a toss-up football game. Well, I, I can say for now I'll buy it. That doesn't mean I can't change it when we do the Mega Picks uh, podcast later today. Uh, but I'll, I'll buy it yeah. in order to support Courtney, who came up with these, you've already shamed her into dumping the next one because the next one is buy or sell Packers hand the 49ers their first loss of the season on Sunday night. I'm not ready to buy that one. And you've already tipped your hand on that one because you said the other day, I'm calling it now. The 49ers are going to win the game. I'll do that one for sure because I feel really confident about that one. I'm going with the Niners. I am. I mean, again, you know, the Packers are still the same team from two years ago. I, I don't think they're going to stop Shanahan in the run game. I don't. I think they're, they're going to have their way running the football that way. And I just think the 49ers defense is the real deal. It really is. You know, when you look at their starting defensive line and you just go, whoa, with those linebackers and the two safeties they got, I mean, they can get seven, eight, nine guys around the box where you just go, good luck. I don't know. They're very fast on the defensive side of the ball. I think it'll take a special performance by Rodgers and the passing game for the win the game. But when you go Eric Armstead at defense end with Nick Bosa at defense end, and then they got Jones in the middle and Javon Kinlaw, who really starting to pop on the defensive side of the ball, I just go, wow. Uh, the, 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 the 49ers, to me, are one of the best teams in the NFC, even though I don't think they played their best football yet. Yeah, you know, I, I, I am not buying it either, even though – and I've fallen into this trap too many times now, convincing myself the Packers can beat the 49ers when the 49ers are at full strength. Right. I convinced myself in the NFC Championship 2019, that's just a play here or a play there. Well, that play here or play there is all the difference in a game sometimes. Yeah. But yeah. I, I agree with you. And, you know, it's short week, California trip um, – Aaron Rodgers still seems to be spending a little too much time worrying about the things the media say, and I know that you can compartmentalize, and that doesn't mean he's not focused on football. I don't want to. I don't want him to take my platform away because I dare suggest that because he said so much this week about the media, he's not as focused as he should be on beating the 49ers. I don't even think it matters because it's not about him; it's about the other guys on the team. I just don't think they have the other guys on the team, as you've said time and again, good enough to match up with the 49ers when they're at right. their best right. and full strength. How about this one? Buy or sell, Bucks versus Rams this weekend at SoFi Stadium is an NFC Championship preview. Buy, 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 buy. I, I'm buying that. That's 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 the NFC Championship I I I had when I had to you know pick the playoffs and Super Bowl. I got Rams versus Browns in the Super Bowl, and I had the Rams kind of upsetting the Bucks in the NFC Championship game. So uh, I'm with, I mean to me they're. they're 
really like when you look at the top end of the rosters, right? There's most some of the most talented two teams in football. You know, I know there's a few other teams in that mix. And of course, Stafford, we haven't I think seen peak offense yet there, right? They're going to find their way still here as they go along just like Brady with the Bucks last year. And here's another thing that's really jumped off to me, Mike. And I'm going to blank on the damn guy's name and I'm sorry about that. The new offensive line coach they got with the Rams to me has like changed their team to a degree as well. You know, there's a little more versatility in their run game. I look, they look a little more sound up front. They got him from Stanford, uh, and I can't remember his damn name. And I'm sorry, and I'll look it Stanford up. In a Stanford or Stanford? Stan- You're in Stanford. Stanford. You're right, Stanford with an N. Stanford with. An N. Are you looking it up right now? Um, I, I was trying to look at. I was trying to do it in a way that was not as conspicuous as saying. I'll do Are it. you looking it up right now? So I'm buying I'm, it. You I'm, talk. I'll look it up if you want. Go ahead. Well, no, I've got it right here. Okay. Here we go. Now you got me all twisted up. Kevin Carberry. Yeah, is that who you're okay, talking exactly about? Exactly right. Exactly right. I just it it's kind of popped to me where I just went, man. The Rams whole line different. The way they're playing, man. They've been really sound and. And I was like, oh, man, I forgot they 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 signed this guy, you know, and, and hired him in the offseason. So, yeah, I'm buying this one. You know, I, I look at the rest of the NFC and the NFC does have five of the seven undefeated teams so far. But I the, the Bucks are the class of the conference. Yeah. Who's going to rise up to challenge the Bucks? Will it be the Packers? Based on what we've seen so far this year, no. Times can change. Right. And, hey, if they if they can't beat the 49ers on Sunday night, then I don't think the Packers are ready to be in that position to be the one to challenge the Bucs. I, I would say right now the Rams are the are the team. And right. and the way we have it on the power rankings, it's one versus two, Bucks yeah. versus Rams. I kind of like that, and maybe that's what it'll be. Injuries, the wild card that could change that dramatically, especially with Matthew Stafford. We know his history, but I'm with you. For now, I'll buy it. Buy or sell, Andy Dalton has started his last game as a Bear, even though, you know, if he's healthy, he's the starter. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm buying that one, though. I, I just think – I think Fields will play good enough and excite the fan base and the team and give them the jolt that they're going to go, well, yeah, maybe we're not perfect on offense and maybe we haven't won every game when Andy Dalton's back, but, you know, we're better and this is the future and let's go. So I'm buying that one all the way. All right, let's take a break. When we return, you buying or selling? 49ers in the. Uh, I'll buy that one. Okay. I'll buy that one. All right, sorry. Yeah, I'll buy it. Although, if Justin Fields stumbles at all, as I've said, they've got the perfect way to bench him without benching him. All they have to say is Andy Dalton's healthy. That's right. When we return, the Packers and the 49ers get together on Sunday night, and both coaches, Kyle Shan and Matt, and, and, uh, Matt LaFleur, saying things on Wednesday that make it very clear that the dysfunction between Aaron Rodgers and the Packers was incredibly real and it definitely resulted in an effort by the 49ers to pry Rodgers away from the Packers. We'll discuss that next here on PFT Live. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.